Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Nation podcast that asks the question, when did this show become The Voice? I swear, for like two and a half episodes, I was watching The Bachelor. I'm so confused. My name is Max Quinn. Joining me, my co-captain, my co-conspirator, as always, Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Xavier, hi. Max, it's a thrill to be here. It is a thrill to finally be talking about some music on this uh, show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is right at the end of the episode, though, and there is a bunch of unrelated, messy reality TV drama to get through beforehand. Yeah, there is, uh, there's a lot to get through, and Xavier, it's a thrill to be talking to you for the second time uh, introducing this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, listeners, we had a little bit of difficulty. The audio might sound uh, just a little bit different to you. <laughs> it's a bit different. Not worse, not bad, just a bit different. You know? Just different, you know? Charitable. It's just like kind of like the show became completely different about halfway through this episode. Yeah, it's like a new flavor that you guys get to enjoy as well as the normal sounding episodes. So, yeah, just wanted to jump in and say uh, apologies for any weird audio that you might encounter during this episode, but uh, I am so excited because joining us for the very first time here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, you know her from Spicks and Specs, Triple J, Double J, Eurovision, Bang On, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Max, we know. We know you're a celebrity. You don't, you don't need to say that while you're introducing Miff. Oh, uh, she is a national treasure. She is my broadcasting hero. Miff Warhurst is here. Oh, it's so great to be here and so great uh, that I get to see this TV show that I didn't even know existed until you brought my attention to it and I am completely and utterly addicted. <laughs> Isn't it? Just trash-tastic. It's beyond trash-tastic. It's like, it's like everything you think could be the most revolting thing about reality TV and romance reality TV all put into one, like, just mixing. You've got the singing, you've got the romance, you've got the drama, you've got the the egos. It's it's all there. And, oh, I've just loved it. And the episodes are way too long (laughs) and I loved every minute of it. Um, It's all all the – it ticks all the boxes. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, you and I were chatting, Miff, about this episode, and I sent you an email, and I was like, like, look, it's this weird exercise in extreme vanity. You know, you definitely don't need to watch all three episodes. And you emailed me back the next day, like, you were like, yep, halfway through episode one, completely trash-tastic, right up my alley. How are you feeling two and a half episodes later? Two and a half episodes later, I am fully committed. I will be in for the long haul. I I could not get enough of it. It's... 
uh, just the characters as they start to show themselves and show who they are, and then added to that the singing. Um, right. Look, admittedly, I'm finding it difficult to tell a lot of the singers apart still because they all kind of <laughs> look the same and sound the same. But um, yeah, it's just it's got so many layers. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's one of those things where not only um, you've experienced the reality TV side of it on I'm a Celebrity, so you've seen that side. I'm excited to sort of uh, dive into a little bit of that as well, but. You know, it's also this thing where, uh, on the other side, you've been privy to all kinds of incredible musical experiences throughout your life, and I'd have to imagine that watching 250 continuous minutes of this show is maybe, like, top five overall, <laughs> top three? Oh, look, we'll, we'll, pop it in the, we'll pop it in the tops. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's something, I think. <laughs> but you can see that the mechanisms working in the brain of the creator, who obviously is the same person who did yeah. Bachelor and, and that, that huge franchise. And I must admit, I've dropped out of American Bachelor and Bachelorette from probably about 10 years. I didn't realise it had been going for so long. I know. But this one's like, oh, that, that movie, that you can see them work, that movie, that was really successful. Let's do something like that. Let's get, let's get that romance <laughs> on the screen. You can just see that meeting and it just would have been crotches to the front, men with legs up on chairs going, yes, yes. let's get them. Get them singing. That's hot. That's hot. <laughs> and um, and they, they did it. They did it. It works. Surprisingly, it's phenomenal. It right, exactly. The conceit of this show doesn't work on paper, but in execution, it's phenomenal. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun and so trashy at the same time. And the, right. and the singing is so earnest, which, of course, being the host of Eurovision, I love a bit of earnest singing. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially when they don't realise that, 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 that while they're very earnest about it, um, everyone else might not be having the same reaction they might be laughing you can laugh a little bit you know it's not like i mean you you might um laugh in what's that word schadenfreude yeah in that kind of way with like idol or something like that but this is more like okay cool the producers are giving us a little bit of permission to laugh at for example trevor the man who at the end of the last episode doesn't know what vocal warm-ups are oh that's right <laughs> and he's a <laughs> professional and i've got to say in episode two as well um is it Brie and Chris when Brie they sing, Chris. sing their love to each other? That, I mean, if you're not laughing at that, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> like, I'm just, oh, it's, it's so, so good. It's genius. I, I loved it. I'm, ne I'm never going to talk to my partner, Daniel, again. I'm just going to sing at him like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the time is nigh for an all singing, all dancing episode for, for you and I, Zave. If we won't subject you to it. <laughs> It'd be amazing. The dancing in particular would be a yeah, real hit over yeah. the podcast feed. <laughs> it probably is time, yeah, for us to start gearing up towards the episode's recap. But just um, a structural note for this episode up top. This show is batshit. It is all over the map. They are making the rules up as they go. Yeah. So the first half of the episode was all about the drama between Brandon, Julia, and Savannah. Um, and there were also like some couplings up. There were some very inconsequential dates. And then the back half of the episode is where the singing really came full force. So I was thinking it probably makes sense for us to tackle it couple by couple for the first half of the episode, and then we'll take the second half performance by performance. Can I just say too, whenever I watch these shows, all of them, it doesn't matter which one it is and for how, how invested or committed I am, I never know anyone's name. So it's been a yes. real struggle 
to like I only know them right at the end and then they get kicked out and I'm like oh sorry I only just learnt your name um so it's been a real struggle to try and work out everybody's names because I just always watch it go oh, that person oh that's that that's that, that woman um so yeah good. wish me luck that's all I'm gonna say we, uh, well look good luck we'll do as much uh as we can to provide you with all of the additional uh details as possible we have been calling one of them uh Subaru hat luckily they all look so different <laughs> oh, isn't it just so uh, mostly white? Yeah, it's it's incredibly white. Okay, so the first thing we need to know here is that uh, Chris Harrison, the host of the show, arrives. He's here to set the stakes, and basically he's like, couple up or fuck off. Mm. And the added incentive here is that if you are to couple up, you get to stay on the TV show and you get to sing to a national audience. So it's like Dad has come to put his foot down, almost. You know, uh, it, 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 like he comes in and he's like, "The winner of the show will get to write and record their own original songs with a noted producer and take those songs on tour, recording, touring, being in a band." Thank goodness that we have the Bachelor to make this happen. You know, do you think that none of this has acqu- like occurred to these people before? <laughs> it it blows my mind. Um... And I'm struggling with the names, but uh, Trevor, he's just gone now. Yes. Oh, to that list, I want to add having a family. So he's just seen that <laughs> whole package come together as if he can now go on a tour and he can have a band and now he can have a partner as well and he can have a family and they can all go on the road. It's like, oh, my God, he just next leveled that in two days, oh maybe two days. He, in two days, he took it to fucking Dixie Chicks levels. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> And the other thing about this is that going on tour sucks. If Chris Harrison were to get granular with this, you know, you will sit around for most of the day waiting for the support band to arrive with the drum kit. You will bicker with your dear friends about everything from food to finance and secretly blame each other for the state of ruin that you are all in. You will accidentally book the wrong accommodation and have to sleep on the floor of McDonald's. It's not a great road test for a new romance no. after, you know, knowing people for a couple of weeks. All I, can, all I can say to that is, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel it too. <laughs> so, given that they're here with the not-so-secret agenda of pursuing their singing careers, it would make absolutely no sense for anyone to leave this show now. Right? Chris Harrison's like, I want to see couples that are committed to each other. Yep. And then there's this man called Gabe, who... Actually, let's just start here by recapping everything that we know about Gabe, because there's there's so much to say. Are you sure we have time? I mean, his name's Gabe. Um, mm. Two arms, two legs. Uh, his name's Gabe. We got there. <laughs> he's been on the show for three episodes. He's not said boo. But all of a sudden, he's like, you know, I need to be with Savannah who is separately already one side of a love square with Brandon, Julia, and poor, poor Sheridan. And so Gabe, the quiet, silent man, comes to Savannah, who is the yoga teacher who is in the love square with Brandon, Julia, and Sheridan. And she's like, no thanks, Um, who are you? And Gabe decides at this time to leave the mansion and not sing on TV which means that the woman who that he is coupled up with, who is called Ruby, she has pink hair, mm. she has to leave the show too. 
And given they're all there to be famous in the first place, right. surely you'd just fake a romance, wouldn't you? I mean, that's the whole 100%. point. There's lots of couples who are doing that. What, mm. what on earth even gave him the notion that you go on a show like this to have real love? Right, right. Um, I think that maybe now is the time for us to start um, burning through some of the other non-essential couples here as well. There's so much to get into Mm. with Brandon, Julia, Savannah, Sheridan, the love square. Um, By the way, the nerve Mm. of Gabe trying to make it into a love pentagon. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, like he's like, this this polygon could have one more side. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's take this thing to three dimensions <laughs> Let's start with Bree and Chris uh, They are the couple who were Okay, okay, okay They were the couple who uh, Look, every rose petal was screaming out their name yep. They're obviously going to be a couple They will walk around forever With their hands in each other's back pockets <laughs> Couple dressing to the nines They're going to be insufferable We will pick back up with them for their performance later in this episode. I don't think anything more needs to be said about them. I believe the only interaction from this episode is Brie being like, hey, I'm pretty serious about you, Chris. And then Chris says, I agree a hundred, hundred thousand billion zillion percent. (laughs) There's a sentiment you don't get every day. That's what you're looking for. Like at the end of this, I imagine that he'll get down on one knee and she'll be like, yes, a hundred billion zillion thousand times. Yes. It's like he's written it. So there's also Jamie and Trevor. Just hypothetical situation here. If you had to choose to spend your entire COVID-19 quarantine with either Jamie or Trevor, who would you go with? Miff, I'll start with you. Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, look, it'd have to be Jamie Mm because, you know, she's, she's at least got some sort of personality. Um, (laughs) I I still don't know who Trevor is other than a cheater. Right. Trevor's a cheater. Mm. Like he kind of sucks as well. Like Jamie, you would get all of the made for reality TV drama, Uh but with Trevor, it's like, we have seen this man sing more than any other performer on this show by this point. And the absolute madness of that is that he is just not a good performer. I see. I haven't seen him on American Idol. I had no idea. Um, I'm completely out of that loop. So I've only had the two performances of his so far. Okay. And yeah, not moved at all. To be harsh, <laughs> I just don't know that anyone wants to listen to Trevor's heart. No. <laughs> or it's what was the line about the lips that they did when they were busking? That was disgusting. Oh yeah, that was awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you're going to spend a prolonged period of time with one of them in isolation, like you could forget that Trevor's there, you know, he'd be available when you needed him, but you'd get a lot of private time, sort of explore the space on your own. (laughs) I feel like Trevor is the guy at the party with an acoustic guitar singing a Jack Johnson cover. Oh God, yes. In a village full of people who are the guy at the party, <laughs> guitar playing Jack he is the village. <laughs> so the stakes for Trevor and Jamie are: Jamie is a singer who is afraid of singing, and Trevor is an irrational confidence guy who can't sing harmonies. Will they be able to make it work? Oh, look, I'd say they're going to win the show. I've already, Do I've already taken them as winners. Mm. Yeah, they're wow. they're kind of boring enough. 
to make yeah. it through without being terribly offensive, but they have a little bit of drama. There's a little bit of intrigue there. Can she forgive him? Yeah. Can she get over her anxiety? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you can see the storyboards writing themselves. They're in, <laughs> they're in the final. They're, they're, they're final three. I'm, I'm picking it. Uh, Rudy and Matt are here. So um, Rudy is the woman who is um, does all of these faces and noises. I'm just going to impersonate one for you right now. She goes, bleh. She's that girl. <laughs> I love yep. her. She's amazing. <laughs> she yes, yeah, some of that too. And Matt's the man with the mullet. Oh, so Matt's got the large arms and the mullet where it duck feathers. They, they're good. They seem like a good team. And she's good because she said self-expressed that she's a lot. And yep. I love that on a reality show. That, oh, self-awareness. Yeah, you need, you need, but you always need that one too. Out of everybody, she strikes me as the person who actually is self-aware. Yes, yes, absolutely. And she can sing too. She's a great mm. singer. Absolutely, yeah. Their performance is good. Yeah. They have no storyline for the first half of the episode. I think we should park them here, come back to them. There's also Natasha and Ryan, who we saw hooking up uh, out of desperation yeah. in the last episode. Um, he's the guy who wants to be John Mayer um, so badly, and <laughs> she is the woman with the longest hair in... Uh, like she's Rapunzel. So they go on a date to see country singer Chris Lane and his wife, Lauren Bushnell, who Lauren was on The Bachelor a few years back. She won Ben's season, but ended up uh, ditching Ben and getting together with Chris Lane. That was how little of Lauren we saw on this episode that I did not clock, despite watching Ben's season, that that was her. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right. Right. Okay, so she's Bachelor alum who does not get a confessional for some reason, but they concentrate on the more famous country singer. And what happens is that uh, you go to a a Chris Lane concert at the House of Blues. The idea is that uh, Ryan and Natasha are invited on stage to sing Chris Lane's song, Big Big Plans, which is the song that he wrote to propose to Lauren. I looked it up today. If you want to cry, there is this video of Chris Lane playing the song to Lauren for the first time on YouTube. And like he sets her up with this massive surprise where, where the song ends, he's down on one knee for the wedding ring and the proposal. It's really like, it's emotional and lovely. It's really, really nice. And look, as someone who uh, recently got engaged, yeah, props to Chris Lane. It is tough. I will say, uh, Zave, you know this, um, it's tough to pull off the surprise. And I will say that if I could just suggest one thing to improve that proposal based on my own experience, I would say just like the way to go, as we've learned, is definitely to accidentally show your perspective the photo of the ring on your iPhone months in advance <laughs> of when you had planned out the proposal. You um, so you'd start there. Oh and then, God. and yeah, I would say, so after you have completely spoiled the surprise, I would say the next thing that you need to do is just like wait until the romance is really dialed up to 11. You know, she says those magic words to you as she's walking up the stairs. She yells out, the cat's caught a fucking lizard again. <laughs> That's when you know <laughs> that it is time to get down on one knee and pop the question. Oh, that is that is true romance. It's love. It's love. It <laughs> now, I have not looked up the lyrics to this Chris Lane song, so there's a chance that during a bridge or something, he does say the cat's called a fucking lizard again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Got a yeah. fucking lizard again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So that's Ryan, Natasha. They'll sing later on. This is where we leave it for now. Onward to Becca and Danny, who are also on the show. So sure. they are the couple who go on a date to try on clothes. That was a terrible date, wasn't it? Nothing happened. What a bad date. Nothing happened. This to me. I feel like could be a really cute date. Like it, it is an opportunity, I think, born out of the fact that they haven't had any screen time together. I, I get the impression that they're like, look, we have to get, we have to put them on TV. They're going this week, so they need, they need a sequence because we've got nothing right. on them and they won't have it. There'll be no memories for them to show on the <laughs> right. recap show at the end when they all get back together. Exactly. Yeah. You need to care about them leaving. So we have this thing where it's like, okay, cool. Well, they're pairing with a stylist who will like pick out some clothes for them and help them sort of determine their style, which is like a big part of being a musician. And then there's a photo <laughs> shoot, which is also a big part of being a musician. And all of it takes about 30 seconds because they're not interested in, in any of the details here. Um, and then suddenly they're in a pool and they're not wearing those clothes anymore and they don't wear the clothes later and the clothes don't seem to matter. It's like such a good idea for a date for this show. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the uh, Bachelor Listen to Your Heart where the clothes are made up and the, the date doesn't matter. <laughs> um, is it, Everyone ends up in the pool in this show. I yes. know that it happens a lot on all of Bachelors, but like it almost seems like a prerequisite to every single date. <laughs> that they have to go like either a sauna or a spa or some sort of swimming arrangement. We've got the the dipping station here for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe the house is just really dry. Like they've got like fans and heaters and stuff blowing on them the whole time. <laughs> hey, can we talk about Danny? Um, he is a celebrity impersonator. Does anyone know who he impersonates? That is more knowledge than I had on Danny to begin with. I'm hedging Ricky Martin. Oh, for sure. Like, that's, I mean, for that not even to be squeezed into the end of one episode, for him not to come out and, like, what if it's Kermit is my other thought. Give it a 10-second tag. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why do birds suddenly appear? Uh, so Becca and Danny have been together since episode one, and the thing that we learn from this episode is that Becca does not like Danny very much. As, as we said, they do end up in the hot tub, um, as all good batchy dates do, and then you can feel the romance bubbling as Danny leans in for a kiss. And then what happens is Becca audibly groans and throws her head right back <laughs> like she's holding in a little baby vom. <laughs> she does. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of rejection on this show, and I must say everyone takes it very well. Everyone hand like except for this one person who we're uh, we're about to discuss. Her name's Julia. Um, mm. Everyone else has really handled their rejection very well. No one has really melted down. Mm. The one thing that occurs to me about this show that I kind of keep coming back to is, as with Bachelor in Paradise, this thing is made to seem like it's over the course of a se- of several weeks, but in actual fact, like they've I think they've been there for about three or four days at this point. Like, it is such a condensed timeline. So all of these emotions that are coming out are so hyper-exaggerated, and I get the impression that the editors are, like, searching hard to find little clumps of narrative, and that's why they feel a bit disjointed. Miff, can you talk about... Because you you spent a a long time Mm. in the jungle for I'm a Celebrity, and then seeing... Did you... I assume you watched the season later and you haven't watched it. No. I've watched... 
the first episode and I watched the final episode. Okay. And when I went to visit my mum and dad, my dad made me watch relive my trauma of being uh, flung off at the side of one of South Africa's highest waterfalls. So I watched that episode where I was, <laughs> oh, where no. I was crying, but I actually haven't watched anything else. And it's weird. I, I always thought I would to see what they what what sort of storylines they went with and and but it was such an extraordinary experience and I don't want the telly show to be my like to infiltrate my experience right right In a way, you, like a, yeah I just want to have yeah. it and and not and, and it feels like you know these things happen so quickly there'll be a new show next year no one will remember anyway so I feel like I don't need to necessarily even you don't need to live your trauma. Yeah. I will watch it one day, I'm sure, but at the mm. moment I'm just happy to happy to leave it out there in the ether. Well, that's kind of lovely. Like, And it's not the experience, I think, of any of the people who will be participating in this show. <laughs> They'll be watching. Don't you worry. <laughs> they are plugged in. Um, so we're now caught up with our non-essential couples, which leaves only the love square between Brandon, Savannah, Julia... Sheridan. It plays out like this. So Brandon is the hot army man from Kentucky. He has been feeling it out with both Savannah and Julia. And for whatever reason, they're both into the thing where he has like the tiny golden tuft of hair that sits atop (laughs) his head. So Savannah does not know the extent to which Brandon has been pursuant of Julia. That's a complex sentence. It's very strange. Um, But Julia now wants what she can't have, which is Brandon. Mm. So that's the triangle. Bridging it out to the square is this man called Sheridan who drives a Subaru, wears a hat, and is like the small Paris Hilton puppy dog that Julia carries around in her purse. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just, it's just so sad because he keeps saying, you know, everything is in the future. If we do this, things will change. It's yeah. just that classic, mm. oh, it'll get better if we do this. I'm sure our relationship will, will, will fall in love if we do this. And you just know that none of this is ever going to happen with her. And I think also Julia is really kind of strange. I think she is... Having the best of both worlds, as a great woman once put it, it's a, it's a shame to see, and it's it's what creates the the real like narrative tension throughout this entire episode. And right. it's good, it's juicy. I'm into it. It's great because you're like Julia yeah. hates Brandon and Sheridan, but she also kind of loves Brandon and or Brandon and Savannah. Savannah. Oh my god, <laughs> so, so many names. And then we cross back to Sheridan, and he's like. Julia's so great. If we could get to sing and we can rekindle that romance, well, it'll, it's all going to work out. No, mate, it's not. <laughs> so where it gets sticky is with Brandon. So through two weeks, he has uh, been on a date with Savannah. He's made out with Savannah. He has given a rose to Savannah and received a rose from Savannah. But then on the side, also sneaky made out with both Mel and Julia. Mm. And he definitely gets his hand caught in the cookie jar here. At the start of the episode, he's telling Julia how much he wants to continue things with her. And then Julia spills the beans to Savannah that she's been going around with Brandon behind her back. So there's so much drama here. 
it reminds me of like a year seven in high school. Yes. It's got that feeling, yeah. And, you know, that whole, oh, I want to go out with your boyfriend and you're dropped and, like, it's, it's, it's all of that. <laughs> when was the last time you broke up with someone by saying you're dropped? <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I love it, though. Let's bring it back. It's good. It's a nice yeah. clean break. Because, you know, we're all sick of albums dropping. Let's just drop partners. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you drop your partner, then two singles have just... <laughs> there you go. This is it. We knew we'd get there in the end. Great, great, great. Hot singles in your area. Uh... Ready to drop. <laughs> so, for the meantime, it forces Brandon's hand. All of this drama happens, and Savannah's upset, and Julia's upset, and he kind of panics and chooses Savannah. Now, I don't know if this is the right choice, but it really does seem like the only choice here. You know, like, if you're Brandon, are you going to pick the nice girl who likes you? Or are you going to pick the girl who went out of her way to make you look like a dick mm. on TV? Tough choice. Tough, tough choice. It leaves Julia really in the lurch, and she uh, establishes herself as the show's villain through this episode, which is so right. funny because, like, after the first episode... I. How did you feel about Julia after the, say, the first episode, Miff? Oh, um, after the first episode, look, I, I, she just came across as a, a confused young woman who yeah. legitimately was interested in two gentlemen. But hmm. then, as the next two episodes have rolled out, it's it's become very clear she's not into um, oh, what's his name, um, Sheridan. Sheridan at all. She can't. She doesn't even want to be like. She, she couldn't care less. Yeah, she she doesn't want she doesn't want him to touch her or anything. Like you can see it. It's it's all there, and she wants Brandon, and she's gonna she's gonna do anything within her her power to get him, and mm. um like she is the chaos agent in this whole thing. Sadly, she's come. I feel like she's coming across. She's legitimately into him, but sadly, she's coming across as a bit manipulative and a bit cruel. I don't know. She's not. She's not showing herself to, in the best light. And I, but I think she genuinely would be perplexed that this is right. how she's been perceived because yeah, I think yeah. she genuinely believes she's on the right track. Because, and I, I mean, I'm sure you can um, attest to this in a reality TV setting. The only way that you can see something is the way that you see it, or the way that, for example, a producer might tell you about something happening. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think I think the reason why people get cast on a lot of these shows is because they're very open, very open to suggestions. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's working incredibly well. I also think we shouldn't understate the uh, degree to which uh, Brandon has a hand in this in just the, the way that he is not really being communicative. Oh, um, unbelievable. He's, he's coming off a bit cold. I mean, like... Partly it's just insane that he is not kind of just talking to Julia and saying, I want to make it clear to you, like, I'm pursuing things with Savannah, like, you can move on, and um, whether it's with uh, fucking Hatman or whoever it's going to be. Um, but instead we're seeing, and it's brilliantly edited because we're sort of focusing on him rehearsing his fucking unbearable, like, Starbucks chill-out playlist version of uh, <laughs> you want me, <laughs> while she is, like, moping and moody and... Like, you know, she's she's saying to the camera, like, what I had with Brandon is what I'm missing with Sheridan. Um, but, you know, you just want to see Brandon, like, make things clearer both to Julia and even to Savannah. Mm. Um, this sit-down chat with Savannah, and even that doesn't really go that well. Um, he's, like, asking her for forgiveness, but he's also saying, do you want to do this or do you want to go home and cry? Yeah. And it's like, oh. 
did we miss the other scenes where he was coaching her soccer team? (laughs) (laughs) He he seems very schooled in the right things to say. I will say prime Bachelor material. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, make him the Bachelor next year. He knows exactly the right thing to say to every woman. But you're Mm. absolutely right, Miff, in that it is a huge red flag because the only way that you learn the right thing to say is having said the wrong thing a fucking ton of times. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think my key takeaway from this episode is um, Julia, Julia's got some stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she makes Savannah the enemy. It's very, it's wild to me. Yeah, Savannah's um, done nothing wrong in any of Savannah's this. Savannah's done nothing and I, wrong. And as a woman, yeah. I hate even criticising other women on screen in that sense. Oh, she's the bitchy one or whatever. So that's why I'm calling her the agent of chaos. But she's, I, I think, you know, she's she's actually legitimately confused about... Right what is going on and she's convinced herself or someone's convinced her Mm. that savannah is somehow the root of the problem which is really really sad because we all know it's coming it's emanating from brandon it boils down to what she's being told and what she's not being told and it's that classic trope where women are pitted against other women as opposed to in an in an affair situation or anything like that it's always the other woman who gets in trouble as the bloke goes Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, no, he's the one who's responsible for his behaviour. The other woman doesn't even know you generally in that situation. So, you know, it's not... You you just wish you could shake them and say, please don't buy into this trope. Please. (laughs) Which is exactly what you see next, because the next thing that happens is the quote-unquote confrontation, but instead of Brandon being involved, it's a confrontation between Julia and Savannah, which really doesn't need to happen i don't think but you know savannah kind of just makes it clear and she says me and brandon are locked in and julia is saying you know my problem is with your pda being turned up to 100 and like i guess i can understand the frustration but it's like it's not her problem no No. it's not savannah's fault by any stretch of the imagination so we're up to speed with the couples now um and now it's a matter of which couple did the best singing and being in love performatively in front of the celebrity judges. Difficult to do at the best of times. Mm. Being yes. in love and seeing. And, you know, it's, it's they've really put them in the deep end here. So hard. Like, I feel like the only time that you get to see it is drunk karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk just, just a tiny bit about, like, you're actually... I think one of the important things that this show has to offer is that you get to see them a little bit in this episode in an actual working environment and working on their Mm -hmm. performances and rehearsing and trying to workshop these things together which is like probably the realest kind of snapshot that you actually get of their relationships i think um Mm -hmm. and you know it's a little bit frustrating because you can see that the house band have kind of already learned the songs and the arrangements are kind of decided ahead of time um but I guess, you know, what what we learn from that is that it's about how they embrace the style of these songs and how they embody the vibe of the new arrangements. And actually, it's mostly about how much they look at one another. That's the, <laughs> that's the only thing that matters in the performance. Yeah. So the the judges grade the performances uh, on On talent. a scale of one to two eyeballs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, love connection is just a fancy way to say eye contact. I didn't buy it. Right. Like, well, everything about this setup is designed to introduce producer intervention. Yeah. Totally. Everything. What yeah. say does Jason Mraz have in the actual <laughs> outcome of this show? 
I don't know. He offers some real wisdom, though. He does, and he gives good face as well, although I could never quite tell if he hated it or he loved it. It was like I was really confused by all of their faces. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, and the thing is with Jason Mraz, like, he is expressively confused at the best of times. Yeah, I've heard songs by Jason Mraz that aren't I'm Yours, of course. Yeah. Tons of them. We all know. We all know so much about this man. And, and, and this is kind of the thing where it's like uh, you've got these two legitimate superstars, people who are known names in the music industry and then you've also got Jojo and Jordan who? <laughs> <laughs> seriously I didn't know who they were so they uh, coupled up in a season of The Bachelorette in 2017 um, Jojo's claim to fame is that she got dumped in the episode like the, the big episode the season prior and then the person that she picked Jordan is the brother of a famous football player who dated Olivia Munn for a while. Oh, okay. So they're royalty. They are pretty much, yeah. You saw um, Princess Charlotte's portrait yesterday. Um, <laughs> Jojo and Jordan are next. Right on. Well, that's good mm-hmm. to know. That's good. To, I mean, they seem like fun. Yeah. I enjoyed their season. Um, yeah. I also, I check back in on, uh, particularly on Jojo, just to kind of see what she's been up to in the last few years, because she was on Bachelorette and then, you know, God knows what. And I saw that she and Jordan will soon be hosting a new series where ripped couples compete against each other to win the title, quote, fittest couple and a $100,000 cash prize. Uh, the show is set to premiere October 15th. I watched a trailer for it. It includes a lot of very scary looking people yelling at each other. Uh, and it also introduced me to the term swole mates. What does that mean? Oh. What does that mean? Okay, so uh, let me let me try and put two and two together here. Um, if you if you have a lot of gains, if you if you're a muscular kind of kind of couple, you are swole. Ah. And if you're in love, oh my god, would watch. Would watch absolutely. I'm See in. you back here in October. <laughs> totally right. <laughs> the performances are being held on a stage inside the mansion um it's a gig in a house and it's on tv and it's a gig right and as someone who as someone who helped make one of those shows for the abc a few years ago i gotta say i have my eye out for some stuff here um i mean if i know i know you have worked (laughs) on so much performance tv over the years what are you what are you looking out for how do you know when it's all going right in a situation like this um, when the crowd don't look like you've hired them, yes. that often, that often works pretty well. Yeah. And I've, they got it mostly right there. Although, you know, I think it, they just went for the one demographic, which was, um, women of a certain age and that was it. <laughs> um, they could have, they could have broadened that one out a little bit, but, um, sure. I, I thought as a, as a, like a, a tel- music television um, production. I thought it looked really good. I was looking to see if the crowd was noticeably, visibly different from the crowds that they have at the live Bachelor tapings normally. Oh, yeah. Like when they all gather around and watch clip shows and that kind of thing. I did not sense a, a real difference in those two crowd types. But I don't know. I mean, it's the same audience, really. Yeah, and it's the same mailing list they probably put out. Anyone want to come up to this thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got this thing. Here's the here's the address. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, and you're exactly right, Miff. Like, in my experience, the, the biggest challenge is getting the audience to behave like an audience. Mm. I mean, mm. it's a gig, but at the same time, it there are big cameras everywhere. We're stopping down every few minutes to reset the cameras. You know, there's a host, but there's also someone whose job it is to wrangle the crowd. It's so um, unnatural, and you have to suspend a little bit of disbelief. And 
on the whole, I think the show did a really good job of allowing you to believe that this flowed smoothly. Yeah. There's a good amount of audience cheering partway through songs and stuff like that, like yeah. actually seeming to respond to things, which is really good. Yeah, and some of them even knew the words to some of the songs, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so the first performance is Rudy and Matt singing a Sean Mendes song, Fallen All In You. The thing that occurred to me out of all of this is that um, Rudy can really sing, and then Matt is also good. Yeah, I like yeah. They were nice. It was good. It was like they looked happy, but as the judges said, they looked like mates. But, you know, they're yeah. fine. I'm just happy with the singing at this point. The love, oh, the love part is a bit – it's got to be over-egged, doesn't it? If anyone actually shows that they're really in love, it's three days in on a reality TV show. That's got to be <laughs> overdone. So I was happy mm-hmm. with that performance. I thought that was real. I thought that was legit. I think Rudy's at an advantage because she's holding a microphone and Matt is kind of standing there strumming an acoustic guitar. He's kind of held back a little bit by it. Um, but yeah, like they equipped themselves pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and Jason Mraz, I think, proved a really good judge for this show in that sense. You know, like he was like, Rudy, you're amazing. Matt, you did a good job holding it down. Like that's exactly what happened. It was really good. Sure. Do you think yeah. that all of the men suffered from that in this? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like they all played instruments. All the men played instruments. And it was very much that kind of traditional hetero approach. I mean, the only time that we've heard two women together singing on a song was uh, when they covered the Amy Winehouse song last episode, right? Yeah. Um, You're exactly right. And I think both of those women have gone home now. No, Rudy's still here. Rudy's still here. And she was good. Kesha's advice for this was um, for them to push it to a 12 um, at, which is one more than taking it to 11, if you're wondering <laughs> about the music industry jargon. Yeah. Fuck, I love that so much, because the whole, <laughs> the whole joke in Spinal Tap is this one goes to 11. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was one more, it says Kesha? <laughs> but her nails, did you see that? The chains Weren't going from the chain the nails? Weird. It was, I loved it, I loved it. What a novel idea to be like, they're your fingers but they're constrained to a certain diameter. And also jewellery. What if your hands were less useful? Yes. (laughs) Bree and Chris are next. They sing the song Beyond by Leon Bridges. Really 
Um, this is a popular wedding song I've learned this week. I didn't know that. And Chris can sing was my other big thing with this. He's great. Mm, they're yeah. both great. They're both great. They're both legitimately, you know, authentic and it's kind of sweet. This is one of the better song choices, in my opinion. Um, I think, like, it's a, it's a single vocal part, obviously. It's one singer. But the way that they split it up between the two of them leads to some really nice moments. And they're holding hands and dancing with each other while they're singing. And I think you can even the band are enjoying this one more. Definitely. The judges end up pinging Brie for not looking at Chris enough, whereas Chris looked at Brie the whole time. Right, right. So, Joe, can I... I've got the quotes from here, because this is maybe the most insane part of the episode for me. Jojo tells Chris, you did not take her your eyes, and it was the most beautiful new thing that I have ever seen. And then Jason Mraz gives the most questionable, like, weirdest advice that I can imagine anyone giving a performer, which is, my comment to you is that it seems like you also wanted to entertain the audience. And so I couldn't really figure out where you were. <laughs> were you in love with us or were you in love with them? What? Or with him? Uh, <laughs> How dare you? That's the point of the show. How dare you entertain this audience that we brought in? Yeah, given you like probably the last 20 years of your life you've been singing, entertaining an audience. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a difficult habit to shake, I would imagine. <laughs> Danny and Becca are next. They sing Hey Ho by the Lumineers, which um, at least it wasn't home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. Sleeping in my bed. So show me family. This was not very memorable, if I can mm-hmm. remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the one where uh, Danny really tries to ham it up for the audience. He dials the romance up to 12, following Kesha's advice. Um, and Becca just does not want any part of it. The performance itself, I thought, was really saturated. Um, it's like we talked about Kermit before. This was the Muppet Show, mm. you know. Um, or, as Rudy described it, hardcore friend zone. Ouch. And he went right. in for the kiss at the end, remember? And she just turned her, turned her face yeah, away. Yeah, interested. Right, right. And, like, I think, like, so JoJo on the show, as well as my fiancé Danny, and I feel like everyone watching around the world was like, <laughs> at the exact time yeah, that she did yeah. that. <laughs> I think this is, this is one of the more maddening ones as well, because this song is obviously designed for a bunch of people to be singing at one time. Sure. And so there's really not a good way for them to trade off you know, they kind of have to turn it into what turns out to be this like AM radio ballad sort of thing. But the most stupefying choice that they make with this song is that they remove the little, oh! <laughs> like they just don't do it. It's the name of the they song. They cut it out. It's the name of the song. It's like the main thing. Speaking of uh, AM radio hits, next is Brandon and Savannah oh who do this folksy version of I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick. I need 
shine up my old brown shoes Pull down the brand new shirt I get home early from work if you say Zavi, I feel like um, you have some huge problems with this. I mean, this is the one that I think rubbed me the wrong way the most. Mm. I want to give them credit for, like, they're maybe the only couple, or maybe one of two couples that actually kind of do something substantial with the source material. But, like, it doesn't connect for me at all. They're, they're kind of trying a bit too hard, and it's this, like, country pop acoustic guitar thing. Um and you can also tell that it's not going well because the episode interrupts their performance with this like low sort of dissonant hum, which then segues into Julia talking shit about Savannah as is her want and as she's been doing throughout most of the episode. It feels like they're having trouble articulating their chemistry on stage. Savannah's fake as hell. Their relationship isn't as genuine. They seemed more concerned with performing and the audience. And I think people see it. This is something that I've never seen on reality TV, by the way. Well, also, it's like none of that is present in the original Cheap Trick song. <laughs> none of the commentary there. I don't know if they're allowed to have a guest artist doing a spoken word piece in the middle of their performance. Seems like cheating. Yeah. Not fair. Totally not fair. Mm. I loved it, though. Like, in the in the previous one we saw, uh, we cut away to Rudy describing them as uh, hardcore friend zone. I, this is the first time that this must have happened on reality TV singing competition where the focus stops being on the singing and starts being on someone, one of their enemies, talking about the singing. Yeah, and, and also just her face, expressing yes. her dis- disgust at them being together on stage. It was amazing. <laughs> it's so good. This performance is the moment you've been waiting for for three weeks and then they're like, oh, we're going to hear a minute of it and then we're going to move on. Yeah, we're going to hear uh, we're gonna hear Julia give her thoughts on the performance. Uh, the thing that makes this song work is the um, the Bunny Carlos drum part, right? Uh, the boom, mm. like the if when you take that away, you know that beautiful man with like the fedora and the cigarette dangling from his lip in the in the Cheap Trip film clip. Uh, mm. This this falls so flat for me. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a dud. It is. But along come Sheridan and Julia, who do the Backstreet Boys song. As long as you love me, and the judges fully buy into Julia and Sheridan as a thing. As long as you're here with me, I don't care who you are, where you're from, don't care what you do. As long as you love me, who you are, where you're from, don't care. And Julia's been talking about the insincerity of the public displays of affection that have been going on between um, Brandon and Savannah, and yet here she is rolling out the emotion in the most over-the-top way. It's it's amazing. Like, it's 
She deserves an Oscar for that performance. Is it strange? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the judges say that it is because of how enamored that they are with each other. Kesha accuses Sheridan of having love in his eyeballs. Mm. And then we hear this confessional where Sheridan says, I think everybody could see what we have up there. And we smash cut to Julia just gloating about how much pain Savannah must be in to see her succeeding. No. It's the sort of thing where, like, Ugh. I just don't think Savannah is thinking about Julia anywhere near as much as Julia is thinking about Savannah. There's also Jojo telling uh, Sheridan, um, I feel like your eyes were locked in on her. It's like, yes, we get it. The eye contact is a big deal. <laughs> we then see Ryan and Natasha. So their song is Stay by Rihanna, and I think that we learned two things from this performance. First one is that Natasha can fucking see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, the way that she handled the key change, the control that she had in her voice. I was thrilled. She is the breakout performer of the season so far for me. And then I think the second thing that we learned is that Ryan cannot and should not dance even a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I felt yeah. really bad for him. It was like, oh, he needs to be with an instrument. That's his thing. He's, That's his know, thing. They shouldn't make right. him stand up there and pretend that he can be other than himself and what comes naturally in that department. It was not fair. It wasn't fair. But no one, no one picked up on it, it seems. Right, I think he starts off well. He is playing this electric piano part. Like, it is the, the song Stay is like this vulnerable piano ballad, and they transform it into this, like, soulful, smooth, like, full band arrangement, which I think is really good. And I think it really lends itself well to the both of them. As soon as he stands up, it starts crumbling a little bit. But what I think he does, and what I want to give him credit for, is basically just laying the table for, for Natasha to, like, absolutely slay these incredible vocal runs she's like you know comes right out because we had assumed she was just like this stock reality tv character with like not a huge amount kind of like she was just there for a confrontation and then she would kind of fade into the background but she has this incredibly powerful charisma and so much vocal talent and the most fabulous hair of everybody oh, right. what a mane what do you think of their relationship, though? I mean, it just it felt like an, an absolute lock-on at the end out of desperation in episode yeah. two, I think it yeah. was. It's completely not real. It, it couldn't be, could it? Or could it? No, I think you're absolutely right in that it's not real, but we have two talented performers mm. who have realised that they are each other's ticket to success. And right. uh, if, as, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. Yeah, both of them are like, I'm not fucking going home. Look at all the things I can do. Right, exactly. I'm real good at this. I can play this one. I can play this one. And she's like, well, sing and hair. Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes sense. And so the other thing about this is that Jason Mraz is just blown away by Natasha. He says, mm. she could take off, her career could explode, and she will leave you. <laughs> she's warning Ryan, and Ryan's like, yeah, that's not lost on me, dude. I'm kind of aware. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and then to close it out, we have Jamie and Trevor. You might recall from earlier, Jamie is suffering extreme stage fright. Now, I feel for her, but also she's an absolute nutter butter for coming on a singing show and being scared of singing. Mm. You know, mm. like they're singing the, um, again, Marin Morris must just have some sort of in with this show. They're singing her song, I Could Use a Love Song. I think it's at this point that I really clued into how Trevor is inarguably the worst performer on this show. Oh and Jamie is just not that much further above him. Yeah. Still, they'll no. make it to the top three. They'll make it to the top three, right? Because they're cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're cute. There's enough interest in them. And also, it is not hard to stand out next to Trevor. She has done an incredible strategic job of picking the most vanilla, like the, you know, the mold from which all human men are like cut from the standard, most generic, like size medium human being (laughs) person in the dictionary. And you get a picture of him. And the main thing I noticed in this one, if I can drop a bombshell on you and I would encourage anyone to go back and rewatch this, if they didn't notice it, he's not playing his guitar at all. What? He's holding an acoustic guitar and he almost never touches it when he does. He's very obviously not strumming anything. Nobody calls him out on it, but I have a series of screenshots. Oh, my God. <laughs> at one point, he's holding it up at the 12th fret. At another point, he's holding <laughs> hands uh, with uh, with Jamie to show that his, he's too busy. Um, too busy being in love and too busy having an incredibly powerful connection to be a musician. And isn't that what all this show, <laughs> this show is really about? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Jamie loves it when it's over. She flops on the ground. She gives this pure, insane joy confessional. She's screaming. I've never seen someone experience joy like that before. It's it's so uh, pretty and nice, and she's on top of the world. Oh, boy. Hold your loved ones tight, ladies and gents, because it mm. is producer intervention time. <laughs> we go to a rose ceremony, uh, and this is the weirdest shit that I've ever seen. So the host hands out the roses to the couples based on what the producers have decided, basically. Mm. Yeah, mm. based on uh, the quote-unquote uh, attributes that the quote-unquote judges were quote-unquote looking for. <laughs> Um, did you like the mechanic here, Miff, where they hide the couples who are successful off in a different room and then you get to have their opinion as they're like, oh, who's coming next? I do like that mechanic because it's really switched up that whole rose ceremony mechanic that we're very familiar with because you don't actually see when they receive, for quite a few of the couples, when they receive the rose. Just added to the drama, so I thought that was good. What ends up happening is that the producers decide that uh, Danny and Becca, who coupled up in episode one were absent from episode two all we saw of them in episode three was um becca making the kind of face that you would make if you had just sucked a lemon yeah um at danny like Whoa, I don't want this. <laughs> and then they sang that great song by the lumineers which doesn't have a title <laughs> 
na 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 hey 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 goodbye to Danny and Becca. <laughs> well, well played. So that that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. We're shown a little bit of a glimpse of next time with more Julia Brandon drama next week. We'll be back here to recap it on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Miff, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you both so much. I've loved it immensely. And I'm so locked into the show. I'll be using your login to and your password <laughs> for the foreseeable future to be able to watch the rest of it. Because, yeah. Thank you. We, we're hooked. Hook me up. So, Maxwell, another friend in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> another person I haven't met who I won over with my incredible charm <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, dear. Uh, it's what we're here for, that is. Uh, making friends, that is. Uh, that is. That is and, what we're uh, here for, it is. Wh- mm-hmm. And if uh, you is looking for the way to find, that is. What is? Should I take this part again? Mm. <laughs> no, let's do it. You know, uh, if you want to make friends with us, jump on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. We'd love to have you in there. Um, it's Hey, know- on the... Um- on the Osh posting group, we're going to do a live watch of the finale of Listen to Your Heart at some point, TBD. Um, so join the group if you're not in there and uh, check out. We'll make a post about it. We'll sort it all out for everyone in every time zone, I hope, hypothetically. <laughs> uh, otherwise, uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'll share some of those screenshots. Uh, Brandon not playing his fucking guitar. Sheridan? Um, no. What's his name? Trevor! Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Give me three weeks and I'll be on top of all of it. Hey, we will 100% know. We will be right up to speed. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Find us on the internet. We love you. Goodbye. My life.